Michael and John and, and team, before you leave, I, I just want to say thank you to all of you. Uh, I've been here 32 years, and the last five or six weeks of worship have been some of the most meaningful to me. I, I don't know about others, but for me, these have been great mornings of helping me be engaged in worshiping God. And I thank you. Yes. Thank you for how God's using you. Appreciate that very much. Well, this morning we're talking about ministry in Ukraine. And uh, we went this last summer, and it was our uh, 23rd consecutive summer going to Ukraine. And uh, there was a team of five from Berean. Uh, there was myself and my wife, Julie. There was Carol Plattner. Come on over here, Carol. She's going to be sharing. Carol Plattner. Dave Massey. Where, where's, where's Dave? He's in here somewhere. Dave Massey. Uh, Bruce Dunlap. I think he comes to second service. I think he's down teaching children right now. There, there was five of us from Berean. And then two ladies from Omaha, Nebraska, who have a missionary that works in Brovery with uh, Grace Church also, and they wanted to visit her and called and said, can we join your team? So uh, they came along. So seven of us total. Uh, we had two weeks of special needs camp, and then we had two weeks of English school. Some of us were there just for special needs camp, some just for English school, and some of us for all four weeks of ministry. And uh, at, the, at the special needs camp, we, we had every bed filled in camp. That's how bad these, these parents and children want to come. In fact, we had workers that were sleeping in the pews in the balcony of the church. We had workers who were sleeping in the pastor's office and in the library just so they could free up beds for moms and children to be there. Uh, there was about 80 each of the two weeks we were there. And then at English school, we had the largest registration we've ever had. 158 students registered for English school. We averaged about 120 a day. We had full classes. We had six teachers. That, that's all we had. We can only offer six classes, and you can only do about 10 to 12 in a class. Otherwise, you lose that dimension of conversation. So uh, we're looking for... Helpers for next year also. But I want to ask Carol to come and share first. She, she plays such a significant role in, in the special needs family camp. Most of these mothers coming uh, would say they're Christians, would say they're Orthodox Christians, but maybe they go to church two times a year, Christmas and Easter at best. Uh, I hope I'm not stealing her thunder, but most of these moms have a uh, microphone. <laughs> most of these mothers have never opened a Bible. And Carol's got them looking up Bible verses. And they are so excited when they find that Bible verse. Tell us about your ministry with the ladies. Okay. It's never my intention or my purpose to teach to manipulate emotions. One year, Ludmilla came. She sat on the back row. 
And I, I really didn't understand. These women are crying. I'm teaching, I'm teaching from John or wherever I'm teaching creation, and they're crying. And um, I have come to understand that these moms live on the verge of tears. Tears of guilt, shame, disappointment, frustration, despair, fear, rejection, anger, emptiness, dissatisfaction, helplessness, hopelessness, confusion, sorrow, grief, deep pain. These are the women who are here. That's how they feel. Do I have my, my pictures? We put them together. <laughs> okay, that's, those must be Bill's. Those are not mine. <laughs> okay, I will talk with no picture. I'm sorry you don't have a picture. Oh well, okay. I have two pictures. The ladies up here, the first one is, there's Ira and Marina and Ira and Vlad. Ira and Marina live in, ah, oh, there they are. Ira and Marina down on the right corner. They live in a dormitory type uh, apartment. 16 families share one kitchen and one bathroom. In order for her to have help with her rent, she cleans the hallway and the people belittle her because she has to do that. Poor, extremely poor. Sometimes there's not enough food for two of them, so of course Marina gets to eat. An anonymous person left some money there, and the first thing she bought was a mattress for Marina. That makes me think maybe they all slept on the floor. Her husband has problems and is not available to help her. The first year she came, she had despair, defeat written all over her, never smiled and was afraid to come out of her room. Very little time she spent out. Ira and Vlad, top left. Ira came this year with bruises, fresh bruises. Here, you can see that a little bit on her eye there, but she, most of the time she tried to wear heavy makeup. Her parents died when she was a teenager. Her mother made sure that she would get the apartment when they died, but Ira left to, to live with an aunt who took care of her. Her aunt was constantly trying to get her to sell the apartment and give her the money. But she hung on to the apartment. A man came along, sweet words to her and nice compliments. Vlad is his son. He comes around when he just wants something from her. And then he's drunk and beats her. She feels hopeless and helpless. Next slide. Well, Bill's gonna tell you about this family, but I'll just tell you just a tiny bit. Last year they came, they heard about us on Facebook. They weren't even a part of the, uh, the uh, rehabilitation center where most of the, the women come from. This is Vita, the mom. Yuroslav is a medical student and uh, Ruslan. Yuroslav came and asked me if he could be in my class. I said, well, 
Bill would love to spend time with you, and he, he could answer all your questions. No, I want to be in your class. Okay, you can be in my class. I'm teaching creation these few days that he was with me. He sat right there on the end of the bench, halfway into the aisle, and act, asked many, many, many questions. This year he came, he told me he failed a class, and until he passes it, he cannot continue with his studies. So he was not going to come to my class this year. He is going to stay in his room and study. Well, camp is just too much fun, and we have so many volunteers his age that I noticed that he had a real hard time staying in his class. Bill's going to tell you the end of that chapter. Not the end of the story, but the end of the chapter. Okay, next. Oh, I was going to do that one later. Let's go to the next one. All right, I read that one later, too. Oh, okay, Olesa. Olesa's down here in the, the uh, right corner. Here's this, the letter that she wrote to me, excuse me. Dear Carol, thank you for the lessons you have been teaching us. I learned about God and his ministry on the earth. I asked you to pray for me and Lisa and to always have God's grace. To, I pray to God to show me the way to the healing of my soul and body. I am grateful that he is always with me, shows me the way, and opens the gates for healing and grants opportunity to have a happy life with Jesus in my heart. One year ago, you told me the words that have healed my soul, and they have been an encouragement for me during the year. I thank you for that. With love and gratitude, Oleza. In the top middle, this is Valentina and Sophia. She was a prosecutor before Sophia was born. She sits always front row right here, right beside me, crying. No matter what I'm teaching, she's crying. She said, Dear Carol, I can't say I believe in God the way he wants me to. I ask why this has happened to my child. I consider it to be punishment, but in my head I understand that Sophia has come to this world to change us. She is the most wonderful thing that could happen to us. We are happy parents, but at the same time, we feel emptiness. We have never heard our daughter say mother and father. We can't go to the amusement park or to the cinema. We don't experience or feel lots of things. The thought, the thought of having another child overwhelms me, but I'd like for Sophia to have a sister or brother. When I die, someone will need to embrace and help her. I wonder if this thought is bad. I want this unborn child to have a mission. What if this child doesn't love Sophia or even comes to hate her because she will have, be a heavy, heavy burden? I am selfish and most likely I think and live in a wrong way. I am a human and a sinner. I want to trust God and I feel him and believe in him the way, and I want to feel him and believe in him in the way he wants. And then she says some things about me that I don't need to care to say to you. Um, she does say, you carry the light and love to people, for you have been performing the mission of God. You help ordinary people to understand themselves. You help us to not, not turn, not to turn, but turn to walk straight. Thank you for who you are. All right. Okay, let me see. 
Um, oh, and the, the top one on the right, you can see um, Yaroslav there hanging out in the, in the aisle. All right. Is it possible to go backwards? Oh, one more. What? What? Okay. All right. All right. Here is Eula. Eula with her thumbs up. She repented. She did repent. Her sister, uh, her older sister is right there in the white beside me. Sister brought her. Sister is not a believer, but she, and someone said it's time for sister to lead by example. Um, Eula did repent. She tried to repent with Pastor Bill, but he had already gone to bed. <laughs> the story. The story. Us old people need our sleep. <laughs> if we can go back to slide one for mine, yeah. Why short-term missions? And uh, on, uh, on slide two is a passage of scripture from Acts chapter one, verse eight, which we all know well. And I'm using the, uh, the New Living Translation. I, I've been using this for a couple of years. I really like it because it, it's simple and, and I'm, I'm hearing Scripture in a whole different way. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I like that. Telling people about me. That's why we have short-term missions, to tell people about Jesus. Well, uh, now most of us think about just going out and we're just going to start telling them. But in my philosophy of missions, and this isn't unique to me, okay? So don't think I'm really smart. I just uh, glean this from others. That's a Christian term for plagiarizing. I glean this from other books, magazines, listening to people. But I see four steps in uh, in short-term missions. Uh, number one is that uh, we look for needs in people's lives to meet. How can we help them? Secondly, we build relationships with them. We build friendships. We want them to know that we care about them, that we're just not there to do work, but we actually value them as people. Thirdly, after meeting needs and uh, uh, becoming friends with them, then we start to tell them about our Jesus. And, and why we believe in them. And then fourthly, we look for those who we can pass the ministry on to. Who is going to take over for us? We'll go to the next slide then. Meeting needs. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food, clothing, and you say, goodbye, and have a good day. Stay warm and eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. You know, the Bible really leaves no place for a religion that is mere mental acceptance of the truth. The truth is important. The truth is important. But if that's all we embrace is that truth, and it has no effect on the lives we live, 
that's not true faith. That's not true uh, Christianity. Brian has a great history of meeting needs in people's lives. We do that in our community. We do that with the furniture ministry, with the food ministry. Uh, many of you are involved in all kinds of ministries throughout uh, the Mansfield area. Richland Pregnancy Services and uh, Love Inc. And, and the list goes on and on. And then we do that overseas. We have significant uh, uh, giving ministry in, uh, in Haiti, in Thailand, Ukraine, uh, the Dominican Republic. But let me share with you some, some stories about people like Carol. Because not only is it important to, to read and study and, and learn from God's Word, but I want you to know the results of following God's Word. Here's, here's Pavel and Ola and their family. They have uh, three children. They, uh, they have two sons. Um, uh, can't remember the son's name. Oh, Paul, Pavel and George, Slava, yes. And uh, they came to camp. It was their first time in camp. And like so many of the moms, uh, it, you know, they're a little apprehensive about talking to William, the American pastor. And, and, uh, but it's about Wednesday or Thursday, and Ola comes to me and says, can I talk with you? And we find a translator. And she sits down and she tells her story about her, her little Yaroslava and how crushed they were when, they, when she was born. It was a special needs child. And so they felt this need to go to church and they went to the Orthodox church. And an, and an older Orthodox woman came up to her and said, you need to find out what sin is in your life that caused this little girl to be born like this. You need to confess that sin. That's an unfortunate understanding in the church in Ukraine. And she says, but I have been here three or four days. And she says, your church does not teach that. And I said, because it's not in the Bible. And, and so the need they had was for acceptance, for love, a place where they could go and relax as a family and be together. And you provided that for them. You met that need in their life. Second slide here. Uh, you look at the young lady in, on the right-hand side, uh, front of the screen, Ola. Uh, she's been coming to our English school for 11 years. She was in my second class. And uh, uh, she came and we had little copy books that they would write in each day. We'd ask them questions. They would write their answer. I'd read them. I would respond. They could ask me questions. And at the end of our two-week class, Ola wrote, I am so thankful for this English school. You know, I have been taking English since first grade, but I have never had the confidence to try and speak English with any native English-speaking person. My cousin from United States, from Florida, was here two weeks ago, and I was fearful to try and speak English for, with him for fear I would make a mistake. She says, this class, these two weeks have given me the confidence to try and speak English with others. Well, I was so so excited to read that. I, I took the, the pages, I tore the pages out. I told her I took them and I was going to save them. They're in my office somewhere. This year, this year, she came back and I asked the students to go around and, and share with the others their name and how long they've been coming to English school. And, and she, we got to her and she said, this is my 11th year. 
And then she said, this school changed my life. She said, I was a pharmacist, and I didn't like my job. It was a low-paying job. I was going nowhere. And then I started taking English here, and I realized it was my passion. It was what I really wanted to do, to teach English. I went back to university, and I have a degree in, in English teaching now. And I teach uh, children and uh, and." Uh, Teenagers, and she says, I love my job, and it's because of this school. You changed a young woman's life for the better with your English classes. The last one here, Ira and Juliana, uh, two young ladies, they're in the front row on the left. And uh, Ira's been coming to English school about uh, uh, four or five years, and Juliana, two or three years. They work together. They work for a manufacturing company that makes ventilation systems. And, and Ira is a sharp young lady. She went to her boss, the owner of the company, and he, she said, if we learned English, we could start doing business internationally. Can Juliana and I start an English club that meets before work to practice our English? And, and the, the owner, the president, uh, said yes. And now they do business in Poland and China through English that they learned at your English school in Brovery. Uh, we got an invite. Julie and I got an invite. Uh, the next slide. Of, um, uh, from the boss, the owner of the company. He wanted to meet us. And, and talk with us, just to, to share some. So they took us out for some, some snacks one afternoon. You're changing people's lives. You're meeting their, their needs. Okay, we're moving along here to slide number nine. Building relationships. Colossians 4, verses 5 and 6. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that they will have the right response, so that you will have the right response forever. Live wisely among those who are not believers. Boy, I think it's so important that we be sensitive to that unbelieving community that, that we're involved, involved in. Uh, Carol had that slide up there of Vika and, uh, and her uh, handicapped son, uh, uh, Ruslan. And uh, her picture had the older son, the medical student, uh, uh, Yaroslav, in it. And, and uh, I, I don't have a picture of Yaroslav, but I'll tell about him in a little bit. But I know, you know, that first year they weren't involved in camp much at all. This year they were around a lot more, and I made a made a, a point of going, and whenever I'd see Vika and, uh, and uh, Ruslan sitting there, I would go and I would talk to Ruslan. He couldn't understand me. I couldn't understand him. But I wanted to show him that I recognized him as a person, that he was valuable. And he would get so excited when, when he'd see me coming. And after we left, Vika posted on Facebook, I wish you were Ruslan's grandfather. Making a difference in, in people's lives. Um, next slide. Uh, Ira and, and Vlad. And, you know, when I, each year I, I go, I make a point of going and meeting each mom and child, family, taking a picture of them, finding out who they are, getting a little background on them, giving them opportunity to ask me questions. I went to this mother. 
I had never seen her in camp before. And I said, is this your first time? She goes, no, second. She says, we came eight years ago, and Aaron was Vlad's helper. Aaron Wentz, she was a young college student from our church who was the very, her and, and Emily uh, Wallace were the very first ones to go to, to Vornkiv to work in camp. And, and here comes Ira now with, with her growing up son Vlad and remembers Aaron. And, and she's looking at me like, do you know Aaron? And I says, I know Aaron. And, and, and talking about relationships, they still remember Aaron. And she remembers Aaron working, working with her, her son. And then slide 12 here, Ira and Nadia. Uh, Ira is on the left, Nadia is on the right. Uh, Nadia has been coming to English school for a number of years, uh, was in Julie's classes, been in my classes. Ira, this is her second year. And, and Ira is a very bright woman, uh, strong-willed Ukrainian woman. And uh, um, last year, her first year in class, every time we started reading stories from the Bible, I could see Ira tensing up, and, and she would challenge me on, on things I said or we talked about. Uh, she was not going to let me force my Bible down her throat. That's the feeling I got. I, I wasn't trying to do that. And finally, about the third day, I thought, this is not working. And I just said to the class, I said, class, I said, you know that I'm a Christian. And we use Bible stories as, as reading texts in our classes. Uh, I don't expect you to believe all of them. And, and, and if you don't believe them, I won't be offended. I, I won't be mad at you. you I, I want you to have the freedom to accept them however you want. But I do believe them. I do believe these stories, and that's why I'm here. That's why our whole team is here, is because we believe these stories. We believe Jesus is real. But we are not here to force that on you. I watched Ira just relax, and a smile come over her face. You know, uh, she was not feeling pressured anymore. She had the freedom to believe how she wanted, and... Um, we have had a wonderful time in class together the last two years. Building relationships is so important if you want to share the good news of Jesus Christ. So that takes us to uh, uh, step number three, slide 13, sharing Christ. 1 Peter 3.15, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks you, about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. What is the distinguishing mark of Christians? Is it that we carry big Bibles? Is it that we, we go to worship every Sunday morning? Is that what the unbelieving world notices about it? Or do they notice that we are people of hope? Why do you have that hope? Hope. We live in, in, a, in a chaotic world today. We would all agree. And it's getting worse. I mean, groups are getting so polarized in our country. I, I'm fearful for where, where that's going to leave. We want our world to see that we have hope. We don't live in despair. We live in confidence that Christ is in control. 
Well, I don't have a slide of, of Yaroslav, but here's his mother and, and brother. But you remember, remember Carol's uh, picture? He's a medical student. And I didn't know that he had been in your classes for creation because he sat down with me one day and said, Bill, I want to talk to you. She, he says, I'm a scientist. I believe in Charles Darwin and evolution. He says, I can't believe in creation. And I said, well, um, Yaroslav, I said, you know, let's talk about this a little bit if you're willing to. And he says, yeah, I'd like to talk with you because we had built that relationship. And so uh, I said, uh, you know, what was Charles Darwin there when, when, when evolution took place? Did he watch all of it take place? He says, no, no, he, he, he looked at the evidence and then, you know, he, he wrote, what he, how he thought it took place. I said, it was, it's a theory. Because nobody has seen it happen, so it's a theory. And he took the scientific facts and, without using God in the equation, explained naturally how this took place. I said, creation is on the other side. I believe God was involved in it. Nobody was there to see what God did. But I believe that God created. I said, so you have your theory, and I have my theory. I choose to believe mine, you choose to believe yours. I said, Yaroslav, I said, do you plant a garden? Oh yes, every Ukrainian has a garden. And I said, if you were to plant your garden in the spring, you, you hoed up the ground and got the rocks out, planted the seeds, and then and you watered it, and you did nothing to your garden until September or October, and you went back, what kind of shape would your garden be in? And he said, it would be all weeds and chaos. I said, don't you find it kind of interesting that the theory of evolution says that if you have lots of time, a one-celled animal will grow into this complex human being that order comes from length of time when, when we see in, in evidence in, in our natural setting that with time things go to chaos. They don't get better, they get worse. Yaroslav's thinking. I never thought of that, William. And, and uh, I said, well, you, you think about that. He says, I do. He says, I, I need to think about this. That's, that's a good point. You know, what I see in, in our natural world does not support the theory of evolution. And I said, I, I have no evidence for, for the, the idea of creation other than I know Jesus changed my life. And if he said he could change my life like he has, I believe that he created me also. So, uh, sharing Christ there with, with Yaroslav. And then, um, slide 15, Yana, uh, another young mother there. And I, I told you that I interview the, the moms, and uh, I always take a picture of them and their children and ask them questions, and, and I always say, do you have any questions for me? And most of the time they say, no, we'll, we'll think maybe later. Well, this time I asked Yana, I said, do you have any questions for me? And she says, yes. I want to ask you, why do you love God? 
Oh boy, that opens the door wide. Okay, Yana, hang on. And so gently talking with her, why I love God? Because he first loved me. I told her what, what he did for me, how the, the life I had in the United States, and a good life, a good family, loving mom and dad. Uh, but when I got out of college feeling so empty, what, what is the purpose in life? And then I started hearing about Jesus Christ. And I thought I knew about him. I knew the name, but I knew nothing else. And then to turn my life over to Christ. And I said, Yana, I am here because Christ first loved me. And now I love him, and he's asked me to come here. And so we, we had a, a, a great time together. And then just after that, I, I met with, with Vala, Yana's good friend. And I said, any questions for me? She says, yes. What was going on in your life when you believed? What were the circumstances that caused you to believe? And so I had the opportunity to share more of my, my testimony uh, with her. And, uh, and then Carol talked about the, uh, the two ladies who came to faith. And uh, uh, one of those being uh, Yulia. Because her sister was there, uh, Yulia didn't have any special needs children, but she knew how much her, her sister liked camp. She wanted to be at camp. And uh, she kind of had to beg and twist some arms for them to let her come. But she committed her, her life to Christ. And then uh, the next slide, uh, Luda, Ludmilla. And, uh, you know, women love cowboys. But because of this picture, Julie says she's going to special needs camp with me next year. <laughs> now, Ludmilla, it was her third year. And, uh, and, and how exciting to, to hear her say, I, I've got to repent. I've got I've to give my life to Christ before I leave camp this year. Because it was her third year. Three years, they're done. So she and her husband and son live with her mother-in-law. And the mother-in-law makes life very difficult for Ludmilla. Ludmilla told Carol that when she got home after camp, the mother-in-law had fixed a big dinner for all of them. She said, Mom, my mother-in-law has never done that for me before. I don't know what God is up to there. It will be interesting to find out next year. You know, another part of the equation for our... Uh, uh, in sharing Christ is the new curriculum that we have. This is the third year, or the, this is the third curriculum that we have used uh, in, in Ukraine. And it is by far the best. It, it's published jointly by the Evangelical Free Church and Converge Worldwide, which is our denomination. Those, our denomination, Evangelical Free, work together and produce this, this English program teaching English as a second language. And, and it has the best section we have seen for, for sharing uh, the Christian message. Uh, there is a Bible reading, and then there are all kinds of activities based on the theme of the day that gets them thinking about that. Um, one, of our, one of our English lessons was on weather. 
So we were talking lots about different, different uh, words that we use in weather, uh, you know, storm and rain and hurricanes and, and so on. So we did a lot of, a lot of the lesson was about weather. Well, the story that day was Jesus calming the, the wind and the, and the waves. Well, there was lots of discussion about, you know, nature, wind and waves and all that that led up to where we started talking about those. So they were ready. They were prepared emotionally, I think, intellectually, to, to launch into talking about that story. And we have found that our students have been very open to talking, discussing the Bible stories. I think it's a, a great, great curriculum. But that's not the end of the story. That's not the end of the story. Um, we want to pass the ministry on. 2 Timothy 1, 1 to 2. Uh, Mira and, and Genia, would you come up here and join me? 2 Timothy chapter 1, 1 and 2. Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other worthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. You know, we need to be looking for reliable witnesses who will carry on our work. I want to welcome to Berean, Mira Medianic. Maybe you recognize that last name. Of course, it's not Medianic anymore. Yes. It's Genia's last name, which I can't pronounce yet. Um, but, but Mira's father is Pastor Boris of our sister church in, in Brovery. Oh, look at that. Oh, we, we, have, we have known Mira for, for 23 years. Mira, you know, what, when you think back on Berean coming to, to Brovery, what, what, what do you think of? How, how far back can you remember? Hello, Green Church. It's so good to be here with you. Uh, so this is my second time. Three years ago, I have been here and um, with one my friend and through Berlin, we came to Kim Burton and we worked there for summer, but this time I had opportunity to be here with my husband. So, and I remember Berlin Church like all my life. And since I was like two and a half or three years old. So I even don't remember when like exactly I met Bill. So he, he and Julie, they always stayed like uh, last years, maybe 10 years in our house. And they are like our family. So be here and stay in their house is like, to me, to know it's a great joy just to be here with you. Hmm. What are, what are some of the ministries that you remember Brian coming and conducting at Grace Church? How were you involved in them? Yeah. Uh, first, I was a child, always in venture camp. And it was so fun because, uh, like, back in 19th years, and there was, like, nothing, um, like, special, like, like, camp. I even don't remember as we came just because, uh, only adventure camp and a church and there was like people from all our city kids kids from all our city and like many kids and uh, we had uh, so much fun so interesting like uh, a lot of you know like 
uh, experience, and I, I was like a child. Um, then I started to go to English class after, and also it's good to be uh, like in English class. And last these years, I really enjoyed this camp, uh, like uh, for kids with special needs. Uh, all my family, we have been as volunteers there, and a lot of uh, from church uh, people, they was a volunteer there, and um, we love this camp so much. And this is so good to be there, to meet there. There's two special weeks for everyone, you know. <laughs> and um, uh, I saw that Berlin Church, you know, uh, like putting the seeds, and uh, the seeds is growing. And uh, as you see, this like uh, all these women, and some of them is repented, and some of them was baptized, and they already in our church. And even right now, like I know they are like part of church, and like it seems that they was like always there, you know. And uh, it's so good. In some of them, they already like uh, serve a church and do a Bible class, even Bible class, Bible class for teenagers. Some of mom they do this. So this is really amazing how it's like growing and how it's like um, right now. And who's this young man next to you? It is Zhenya, in his last name, Pagarelov. And, and how, how long have you been married? So three and a half months. Three and a half months. Zhenya, <laughs> what do you do now? Uh, we just got a couple of minutes. Yeah, good morning. Uh, yeah, so what we do, uh, I took Miroslava to Moldova because I'm originally born and, and raised in Moldova, and Moldova shares border with Ukraine, so it's a tiny country of four million people. So what we do in Moldova, I am full-time with the uh, Christian organization called Admirals Basketball Academy, and we partner with FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. So what we do, we do we're using basketball as a tool to meet needs uh, of young people, teenagers like 15, 16, 17 years old, and using basketball as a tool uh, for them to be involved in the ministry and sharing uh, faith with them and leading them to Christ. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He was telling us that uh, their teams practice all week and they play games on Sundays. And so they really can't take their, their players to church because they've practiced hard all week. Their games are on Sunday. So they started a church on Thursday nights for them and have 25 meeting together now, other coaches and a pastor and, and, and players. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Well, I... This is a thrill for Julie and me and Carol and others who have been to Ukraine to, to have Mira here and get to know Zhenya um, better. We, we've met him a couple of times, uh, but this is the most time we've got to, to spend with him. And as Mira said, she's special because we've watched her grow up from three years old. And uh, just a wonderful young lady and just so excited about what God is going to do with the two of you in ministry. Pastor Mike, when we were at staff meeting this week talking about them being here, he made the suggestion that 
we take a special offering on the way out. And, and he called it a loose change offering. And he talked with the deacons. The deacons have approved it, so it's official. But, you know, just if maybe you had some coins in your pocket or in your purse, or maybe you had a couple of $1 bills that you would be willing to drop in the offering plates on your way out, just as a bit of encouragement to, to these, these two uh, dear kids. We, we appreciate them so very much. Will you stand with me, and, uh, and I'll pray. Father, I am so grateful, so grateful for the ministry through Berean and that you allow us to be involved in it. And it's not just ministry within the, the walls of this building, as good and as powerful and as necessary that, as that is, but it's a ministry that goes outside the walls, just like the the neighborhood block party a couple of weeks ago. What a, what a great opportunity to, to meet our neighbors and give to them a fun evening. Uh, going out in the community, going around the world. Thank you. Please, Father, never let us lose that desire to be involved there, to be your witnesses uh, throughout Judea, uh, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Uh, we want to tell others about the love of Jesus Christ. Thank you for giving us that great privilege. Uh, for worship this morning, we're blessed. We give thanks for the day we committed to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for being here.